Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. To another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, AJ Johnson. And below him, we have my best friend in the whole entire world, Aaron the Mukes. I am Mukes. And we are welcoming back someone very special to our hearts, you know. Who's this? I, I, it's like it's just like a new intro for this guy because he hasn't been on the show in a while. We have missed him. The fans have missed you. Every like I do this the thing with AJ. It's like yo boy, everybody's boy. Everybody missed you. Well, really? that's generous. That's generous. Except you he guys. <laughs> the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns. Gentlemen, it is a beautiful April 20th evening here in the city, episode 21. Oh, we just missed it by one episode. Episode 20 on the 20th would have been great, but that's not how that worked. That'd have been episode lit. 21, though, is here. NFC West, oh, NFC South talk tonight covering the Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, and Saints and their draft needs. We're going to have a fantastic show, and uh, there really isn't anywhere else to start. But then asking you, Dylan, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing well, you know. Uh, everything going on. Uh, Schetzel's class is hard. <laughs> I'm getting into the rigorous months where um, seatbelt, full go, helmet on, 180 forward, and we're going hard. So that's good. Um, season's coming to an end with my work. So more time for us on the show after my wisdom teeth are knocked out on Friday. Um, but you know, everything else going well, I did want to bring something up here on the show, not to get too somber or anything. We lost a viewer, um, a viewer of the show, my grandfather. Um, not that he doesn't watch anymore. Um, well, partially yes he's no longer with us um (laughs) so this morning uh, he passed but you know he watched every single show and was very supportive um not live not in the chat you never saw him in the chat but most people don't he doesn't he doesn't want people to know his name um he was very a private person but he always watched our show next morning i got a few emails here and there and uh loved history loved baseball taught me a lot of things when it comes to those areas and uh, stuff like that. So um, to my grandpa who watched the show, won't be watching this one, but um, it was, it was really cool to have your support on this journey. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss, man. Sorry for your loss. And I disagree. I bet he is watching it right now on a much bigger (laughs) screen. Much yeah. bigger. Oh screen, yeah, so. dude. I heard. I heard the TVs in heaven are dope, though, man. Like they got like yeah. flat screens like I mean, everywhere. Like it's like I would it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Flat screens. <laughs> they, they use projections, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, 
Oh, just up goodness. in the sky, guys. It's just okay. wherever okay. you want to look. At the world, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, walk over to this cloud over here. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, well said. Well, well said, Dylan. And like you, Aaron said, uh, RIP Grandpappy Kearns. Uh, yes, we will be. We missed. Um, but the show must go on. We've got a great show ahead of us. Like I said, we are going to be covering the NFC South. I don't know why I keep wanting to say every other division, but the NFC South tonight, uh, but we're covering <laughs> the Bucks, Panthers, Saints and Falcons in just a few moments, but there was some big news that broke earlier on today. Debo Samuel has, a, has reportedly requested a trade out of San Francisco after reports came out that says he was not happy playing with the wide receiver and the running back role. Aaron, I'm going to you first on this one because you had that feeling that when there was a contract dispute here, it might not have been about the money, that it was much more. Tell us about your thoughts on this Debo Samuel news. Yeah, this is huge. And I would think I were, we were just waiting for the news to actually come out as to why. And I do think this is the truth. I think it's because Debo Samuel, knowing the type of player that he is, didn't really want to be centered around that running back role. And last year, he just had too many carries as a running back. He wants to be up there with the upper echelon of wide receivers, which we all know are getting 20 to $25 million a year and running backs. We're not giving that money to them, right? These GMs are diminishing the value of a running back. And at this point, Debo Samuel saying, Hey, I'm not a running back. I want to play wide receiver. This is what I want to be not only for the betterment of my career, but also for my pockets. Right. And so if the 49ers continue to use them the way he's, he's being used his value his, his career could be shortened. And I think he's just trying to mitigate that. Um, so now you see him trying to get out of San Francisco where he is such a valuable piece to that offense. It's going to be interesting to see over the next week, whether they fold and actually buy into the trading him, or if they decide to say, you know what, we have your rights this year and we're going to make you play. And um, I think something will happen very, very soon. Yeah, I also think it's pretty funny that, uh, you know, some things like this started to happen after everyone thought it was just about money. So they decided to send death threats his way. A little good fan base. Pretty sure that had a little something to do with him deciding to walk out the door. The fact of the matter is Debo Samuel is a very, very good player. He's electric. When he catches, it's really hard to bring him down. Once he starts going, once that motor's going, Debo's about that man work. He's about that violence when he's playing football. And any team like that is going to be lucky to have him. The issue is it has to be a team who is willing to take the risk of putting on top dollar for a player who has only shown one year that has put up a thousand plus yards. Uh, although it was a great, fantastic year hoping that he can one, stay healthy to your organization is able to keep him healthy and three that he can produce on the field at the level he did um, with the San Francisco 49ers prove that it's not just scheme, which I don't think it is. I think it is all player, what you get out of Debo Samuel and there's some targets and uh, we'll probably discuss that throughout some of the rest of our draft conversations. But uh, the fact is Debo Samuel, I, I don't know if the 49ers will allow this to happen. And if they do, you can imagine it's going to be a really, really big deal Maybe not as big as Tyreek, but we'll be talking and turning heads when we see what team does give up what the 49ers are going to ask to acquire him. Yeah, that's where I was kind of going to go next. Dylan, Where what what do you think the asking price for a Debo Samuel would be? What would you, let's just, maybe not even guessing what the asking price is. If you're a team looking for a wide receiver, you're the Jets or the Texans or the Chargers or the Chiefs or all the teams named today for, for rumors. If you're those teams, what are you giving up? What's what, what are the assets looking like that you'd give up for Debo Samuel? 
You know, you look at the teams that you mentioned. I mean, it, it depends on if you're a contender. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you have a low round first round pick. I'd give up a first rounder for him. I would. If you're a team like the New York Jets, sure, you're trying to win football games. Debo, very versatile, can be a back, can be a receiver, going to get paid eventually. If I'm the New York Jets, I wouldn't trade a first round pick for him. I think the asking price for him is stupendous. It's going to be a first rounder. But you got to understand, Debo Samuel has battled injuries. Debo Samuel has battled injuries many times over the course of his career this was the first year he finally stayed healthy he put it all together where you can put them both as a running back and a receiver he had a fantastic year but there's been times where that guy soft tissue injuries uh things that make me a little bit concerned on if i would trade something that high for that so if i'm a contender where i need him now and that can help and i have the uh, flexibility salary wise to do it i'd give up that first round pick if you're a rebuilding team not a chance i'd reach that point yeah, i agree I agree. Uh, we're going to talk more about this Debo Samuel stuff on Friday's show. So tune in, uh, make sure you're, li- you're tuned in watching our Friday show live at 8 PM Eastern time, right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and belly up sports TV. Uh, I want to talk about more of the San Francisco 49ers side of things on Friday's show. Uh, so we'll get into that then, but it's time to, uh, it's time to pay some bills. AJ, you know, uh, you know how this goes, right? He's, you, you know how this goes. You, you know, how, yeah, you know, it's the, the setup here. You know, I play the, I, you see Kenny baby hands, pick it. The music plays, all the fun stuff happens. You tell the people where they can follow us at all that good stuff. You good. Well, you ready? I think so. Okay. Uh, let's okay, see. Good. We'll try. We'll do our best. All right. All right. You got this. You got this. You have all power. Right. All right. Sack city pod. That's what it is. Head on over ladies and gentlemen on all those wonderful social media platforms that you already know you love and visit on a day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to basis. <laughs> like the Facebook, like the Instagram, like the Twitter, like the TikTok, and of course, YouTube. You may find us on Yahoo if that's your favorite search engine, but that's about it. It's going to take you back to all these places where you'll find at Pod because you'll have already hit that like, you'll have already hit that share, you've already told all your friends, your family, your enemy, and the random person you walked into, you know, like the Walmart greeter, about the Sac City Pod. Because your boys are back in town. Ooh, I love that sound. Hey. There you go. And draft season is upon us. Our draft coverage is coming right up. We are going to be having our live draft celebration special next week, April 28th, live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. And uh, we want you to be a part of it with your team, your pick. All you have to do is submit a one-minute video to us telling us your team, your pick, and why. And if your team doesn't have a first-round pick, it's okay. You can still submit it to us. Let us know your thoughts. Be a part of our special special draft day submit your uh, videos by april 26th and you can submit those to our email at sackcitypod at gmail.com or on our socials that aj just beautifully read at sack city pod mm. 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 we vibing we ready to go it's We're a rolling. vibe it is it is it is let's get into our nfc south uh, draft picks here. The team, the, if you guys are new to this, Dylan, you might be new to this. I don't know how much of the show you watched on break. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing in your spare time, but if you need a refresher, I'm gonna tell you how it is. Just like that. I'll tell the listeners. If you are new to this, we are going to be breaking down the number one player that these teams need to be drafting in this year's draft. And I want to specify this because it seems to have gotten lost in translation during our YouTube clips. People don't understand that we are not necessarily picking their first round pick. 
We're not necessarily picking their second round pick. We're going deep. We're going third, fourth, fifth, sixth, And I'm hoping one of you guys gives me a seventh. Eventually. I know Aaron, you're doing a seven round mock. I'm hoping you give me a, a, seven round, a seventh round pick uh, just, just for fun, but we're picking the, the players that these teams have to get. It's a must have player, whatever round it may be. Whatever to, round to be fair, be. Vinny, um, to be fair, and, and we'll, we'll I'll, I'll criticize our, ourselves. I'll criticize. We aren't always clear about what round and what pick we are choosing. Sometimes the conversation rolls into the next person's pick and Vinny shouts out, well, I think they should pick and then names the player, <laughs> but we don't actually say the round very clearly. Um, so, so we can do a better job of that because I have, I have gone back and forth with some YouTubers about no, we didn't say Brees Hall was going to be taken with the third overall pick. I, I um, saw that. Know. I was like, I was like, dude, there's yeah, no so, way. Like, what's yeah, happening? So it's it's not we we do we do uh we do know what we're talking about. It's just a matter of being a little bit more clear on what round we are saying this player needs to go or this player should be drafted if he's available by this specific. Also, to be fair, <laughs> to be I've fair, kind of, I, I I've kind of gotten off the one player that it had to be and like gave some ideas about a player they could have. So, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll be better next time. Won't be tonight. Tonight will be some of the should be or could be's, but you know, I'll be better. And I'll clarify those moments in time, but I definitely never said Brees Hall with the third overall pick. What type of shit is that? Yeah, this is some, <laughs> some whack shit, some whack shit, but uh, let's get things underway here. Let's start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This team, they got Tom Brady back, but they still need a defensive tackle, a guard, an edge. Their first pick is in the first round at pick 27. And uh, you know where we're going to start here? We are going to start with the smoothest voice in sports casting. Dylan Kearns, mm. kick us off. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. I see you up there. Uh, Dylan, start us off. Yeah, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers staying round one. Round one, pick 27 right here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They need guard help, right? Obviously, Marpet leaves. He uh, retires. So let's go with Zion Johnson out of Boston College. You got it, baby. Uh, he's six foot two, over 300 pounds, similar to Williamson. Um, Zion Johnson from Boston College, this guard, I mean, he's just ferocious, right? He's got a girthy frame, a big run blocker. That's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need. Um, someone like that, they could just go in there, plug the gap, look at him on the B-roll. Boom! Just next level guy. I mean, he, he's exactly what they need to fill the gaps and really help out this football team. He's uh, He was a two-time captain when he was at Boston College, so he commanded that locker room. He was someone that they really trusted uh, on, on that side. So he's trusted in the room, and he's, he could be a big factor that could help the Bucs win now, which they do have that ability with Tom Brady back under center. So why not help get a need, which is guard? Give me Zion Johnson at number one, not number 27. That Well, that wouldn't be great. You, you definitely don't want him at number one, especially if you're trying to be clear, sir. It's their number one pick at pick 27 in the first round. And I like your idea. I like that Zion life. However, I have a feeling that they're going to miss out on Zion. He's, uh, he's, pretty, he's pretty well up there. I think, though, that there's a chance he's right next to the guy that I went ahead and chose, and that is Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Kenyon Green. What can you say about Kenyon Green? What a fantastic and versatile lineman. I love the way he drives through blocks. The reason I thought this guy would be great, and from the moment I knew we were talking about the Bucks, this was the guy that I had in my head because that offensive line needs a little bit of help. 
And a guy like Kenyon Green can not only be a day one starter, but he can also play every position on the line except for center. And what they lost last year, they can replace with this guy. He is versatile. I love how fast he is in the pool game. And when he gets his hands on you, he is driving. His hands are fast. They're quick. They reload well. So if he gets beat on a block, he's right back in the position with that force to drive on the punch. Uh, Kenyon Green gets to the second level very well. So if Lennon Fournette gets his run game going too, getting behind a guard like Kenyon Green is going to get him that extra extra three and four yards to grab those first downs they like and need. Kenyon Green, round one, pick 27 to the Bucks. Book it. I really like that pick a lot. I love Kenyon green. Like that's, that's one of my, I'm very high. He just continues to climb up higher and higher on my draft board. And Kenyon green's a, a perfect, a perfect fit for Tampa. And you know what I really like about Kenyon green that actually fits that really fits Tampa is when you have a Tom Brady led offense, you have to fill, you have to fill these pieces in with players that he's going to be able to trust that you know that he's going to be able to trust. And I feel like Kenyon Green, with all of his experience playing guard or tackle, he can come in and be a trustworthy guy for Tom Brady. You know who else can be a trustworthy guy for Tom Brady? In the second round, Aaron, you can hear this, and everybody listening at home, in the second round, pick 60 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can't be any more clear than that. I am going with Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado. We don't know... If Gronkowski's coming back, hell, he might not come back until the middle of the season. We don't know. Get yourself the next good, to, next good to great tight end uh, in this league. It'll be Trey McBride out of Colorado State. This kid is an athletic machine. He's not going to be your blocking tight end. They're not bringing him in to do that. You're bringing him in to be a consistent weapon. You see that word? It's coming up again. Consistency. Trey McBride led the nation last year amongst tight ends in catches and yards. He's got reliable hands. Six four. 245 guy he's a big play tight end he'll be perfect for a tom brady led offense because of that one word consistency you're going to be able to trust him to throw the ball and catch it it'll be perfect trey mcbride tight end colorado state second round pick 60 I like how you clarified that it's unfortunate that every single one of the guys you guys mentioned they're all really really good players all going to be really good nfl players um None of them are going to be available for Tampa. Uh, Zion actually might be, but Tampa's going to go a different route in the first round. You'll see when I drop my mock draft. But for me, I went deeper. I, I said, you know what? Stay away from the first and second round picks. That's too easy. I went real deep. I went so deep that we can't even pronounce this guy's name. Uh, for me, it's easy. <laughs> and they need help at, at, at the edge, right? We talk about somebody that gets on the edge, can put pressure on the quarterback. They're losing JPP. He's a free agent. Um, and Dominican Sue is not signed yet. I'm talking about somebody who can get pressure on the quarterback. And for me, that's defensive end edge rusher, Ioma Umazarike. Uh, again, this guy, I can't pronounce his name, but I can tell you one thing. This guy can play. He has so, he's so quick with his lateral movement. He has a strong punch. He can push offensive linemen's back with ease. And he is big. Like he's not a, a small guy that can move. He's a big guy that can move. He was a three-star recruit in 2016. Um, he was only 250 pounds when he came out of high school and now he's 320. So this is a guy that put on some weight. He had nine sacks last year. Um, he was a four year starter there. He made the all big, all big 12 team. And this is the guy that's going to have an impact on defense immediately. I think you can come in, get him late in the draft in the fourth round. He can spell guys on third down, rush the quarterback and have an impact on a defense now led by Todd Bowles. And I think that that's the most important part, right? They switched head coaches. This is a defensive minded head coach. He is going to want defense to be a priority. They struggled last year. 
go and get you some Awazarike right there in the fourth round. And uh, yeah, see, see, see you reap the benefits from, from a late round pick actually panning out. How hard did you work on pronouncing that last name? How many reps in front of your mirror before the show did you <laughs> spend just trying to pronounce that one? Not a lot. I just made it up. It was a Rike right there. It's pretty easy once you say it once yeah, or right. twice. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, I'm going to pronounce it as it looks. And if it's right, it's right. If it's not, it's but the, the, the point. Right. It sounds That's what matters, right? We'll all know his name very soon. How long yeah. did it take for people to know Atentacatupo? Yeah, nobody can I say still, yeah. Nobody can say Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it just rolls off the tongue. Agumba Wale. I, st- I still have a hard yeah. time pronouncing Giannis's last name. In fact, I don't even pronounce his last name. I just call him Giannis. Uh, but yeah. uh, I want to move over to the yeah. chat here real quick. Again, we are the most interactive show on the web. Shout out Bailey being in the chat. Uh, shout out Joey B buzzing in the chat. He says he knows Trey, Trey McBride. Like he's got a close personal relationship, and he does have a great family. Two moms. Two moms for Trey McBride. Just want to let everyone know that. Two moms. Very, very cool. Nurture. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, very he, cool. He's, uh, I watched a couple of interviews with him on NFL Network. Uh, I'm really, really excited for him, especially that the fact that he's going to get to play with a great quarterback. And his name's not Tom Brady. Oh, well, my. Let's go. Bring him on. Wow. Let's get him. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to him and see where he's a looking A great quarterback. Well, What's Aaron only has him? like three, considers three great quarterbacks in this league. It's Brady. It's Mahomes. And it's Josh Mahomes. Allen. Oh, Josh Allen. Oh, Who said I only say there's. Oh my. I don't know. That's, so weird. Say, yeah, that's so rude. He's talking about um, Russell Wilson. People, pay attention. Uh, gross. <laughs> Albert, Albert O, and then and then Trey McBride. Oh man. Oh man. You guys obviously. Do you guys ever pay attention to the shows we have? We try not to. Absolutely not. I already told Absolutely you where not. Trey McBride's going to go. I told you. As a matter of fact, it was the last episode. Yeah, I thought you said Denver. Houston? Mm. Okay, Davis, Dr. Dre. Oh, he's a big Davis Mills guy. No, 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 oh, no, 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 so no, 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 no. We did this. You're right. It was it was Monday or last last Wednesday show. It was last Wednesday show's NFC North. He's gonna be in Green Bay. Oh, Second oh yeah, pick, you have Green a... Bay will take him. You know, right even though they got Robert Tanyan back, I like this guy. One, there. one year you, deal. You, one year deal. You, you have gone I, after I, this. You have him replacing Mercedes Lewis. I get it. That makes yes, sense. Okay. For sure. No one could ever replace just, Mercedes Lewis just, on the field or in Vinny's heart. Hey, hey Jacksonville, is still try- Jacksonville is still trying to replace Mercedes Lewis, but uh, I digress. But either way, did it. Aaron's mock draft is coming out next week. It's a seven round mock draft. Tomorrow, Dylan drops his top 10 mock draft. AJ is releasing a full first round mock draft. This is mock draft city here in the city. It's going to be special. It's going to be great. Uh, you want to be tuned in, locked in right here at Sac City Pod. Let's move on to our next team. It's the New Orleans Saints. They need a tackle, a wide receiver, a safety. After losing Teron Armstead, I feel like a tackle is probably one of their biggest needs. We will see how we go into that one. Uh, but they've got two picks in the first round after dealing with the Philadelphia Eagles to acquire uh, that second first round pick. They pick 16th and they pick 19th in round one. Let's see where we're going to go to first here. I guess I would go first because I have the only pick that's in the first round. And this one was tough for me, guys. This one is very tough, and we're just going to get it out of the way here. The New Orleans Saints have to go tackle with one of their first-round picks, either 16 or 19. They have to go tackle. I personally would take a tackle at 16, and I would go with Trevor Penning, the tackle out of Northern Iowa. This kid is an absolute – he's a very good tackle. 
He's a very, very good tackle. He's at that tier right below. It's like Charles Cross, Evan Neal, Icky, and then it, and then it's Tyler uh, Trevor Penning. That's that's where it is right there. He's got a physical mean streak, and he, and the thing I like about him is he is that solid pure ta- pure tackle. Like that's all he plays. He doesn't doesn't shift over to the guard. He doesn't do any of that other stuff. He plays just pure tackle. The fact that he's coming from Northern Iowa is a little bit of a concern for me, but it seems to be okay with all the scouts that have been looking at all of this tape. They love this guy. I love this guy. But what I really want to ask here, yeah, and then you two both, and I want I'm here, I want to hear from you two before we move on. What is so special about Trevor Penning? Well, well. <laughs> Who you want to go ahead, AJ? I'll let AJ take this one first. I love first off, I, I love the fact that you just gave this whole rave show for Trevor Penning and followed it up with he's good. So but the thing is, so so before you go, before you go, and this is why I asked is I am having such a hard time with this pick and off air. I was really, I, I was texting Aaron all day on like, if I could just repeat picks here or if Charles cross yeah. could fall this far because I just, they need a tackle. They, I don't care if it's a bust pick, you have to shoot your shot on a tackle from this draft in the first yeah. round. That's, that's my feeling. So, so with Trevor Penning and what should give you the idea that we, that he's liked so much is this is now the third time we have slotted him somewhere in the first round. Um, I had him for Pittsburgh. I, I am sleeping on where Aaron put him now. Cause I can't remember. Uh, and now you have him for the saints. I really like him. And I mocked him to the Chargers in the first round for a little teaser. Um, this guy is nasty, man. The mentality that he has, he's big, he's powerful. His entire purpose when he gets his hands on you is to make sure you touch the ground, which means he's always finishing plays. He's got the great pushback. He's got great balance. He does need some technical help in his hands. They're not amazing, but they're not bad. They're not something that's going to get you beat off the line time and time again. Trevor Penning is a guy who I believe can start this season. We'll have to get very nice in uh, training camp and things of that nature to work up, but you'll watch him develop and progress quickly throughout the season and be someone that you can trust on that line, mostly because it starts with his mentality that also helps out his physical gifts. Vinny, I question, why not Bernard Raymond here? So, uh, spoiler alert, and everybody <laughs> tuning in, Friday, we're going to be talking busts and sleepers. And spoiler, Ooh. he's going to be one of my busts that I list on Friday's show. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern time to figure that one out and get into it. Uh, let's see. The, the Dylan, you have a very interesting pick in round two for the New Orleans Saints. Go right ahead. That I do. Um, not a need uh, on the list that was shown up earlier but i think it is a need so baby i'm howling for you it's sam howell sam howell baby uh i mean you think about the draft class right the the quarterbacks aren't amusing they aren't amusing sam howell was supposed to be coming into this year one of the top quarterbacks that you look at this north carolina team projected really good throughout the course of the year still he had 24 touchdown nine picks Other than that, I mean, you look at his other two years, 30 touchdowns, seven picks, and then his freshman year, 38 touchdowns, seven picks. So three straight years, didn't throw under 10 or didn't throw more than nine interceptions. And this is a guy that can be a game manager. He has the ability to uh, throw it deep, as you saw in the B-roll there. I mean, granted, he he did have some great wideout talent at uh, North Carolina, De'Ami Brown being one of them. But he also had Javante Williams and Michael Carter in his backfield throughout some of his career. But, I mean, Sam Howell has been a pretty solid quarterback. And I think I like that move right there for New Orleans. Once again, second round uh, right here. Not a first-round pick. God forbid they take him in the first. The fan base will just go crazy. 
They already got two first rounders. Why not take a stab at your next future quarterback? Uh, maybe Jameis Winston's he's coming off the ACL. Andy Dalton's iffy. I think I like a, a franchise guy, and maybe Sam Howell can do that if he sits in that room long enough. That, that's a ridiculous, really a ridiculous pick that early. Like a second round pick for a team that's on the cusp of was on the cusp of the playoffs last year. Didn't have a quarterback. If you insert Jameis Winston, who they just signed to a two year deal. Um, there's no reason for them to go out. And if they're going to invest in a quarterback, they think that's going to be their franchise. They go get them early. They're not going to invest in a guy who had two really good seasons and then regressed his senior year. He only threw for 62. He only completed 62% of his passes. And you mentioned the weapons that year before when he had his best year, he, I mean, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Daimi Brown, the weapons made him. I don't want to say they made him because he does have a nice ball. He can be accurate at times, but (laughs) He regressed his that last year. That's a big question mark for me. I have him dropping pretty far in my draft. Um, I don't like the regression from a quarterback that is in a big-time school. I mean, in North Carolina, obviously a, a, a big-time school that's getting worse as it goes along. And to me, you should be ascending, not descending, as you're getting ready to enter the NFL. I have a huge issue with that. Um, I am not a fan of the Saints taking a quarterback. And if they do take a quarterback, They either need to jump up and get one that thinks is going to be a franchise guy, and then they shouldn't have signed Jameis Winston, or you wait until real late in the draft to say, hey, we'll take an insurance policy because, you know, all we got is Ian Book and and, uh, Andy Dalton on our roster. So I I think when they committed to Jameis Winston for two years, I think that was their bridge to say, you know what, we'll see how he comes back from injury this year. And if next year we need to do something or two years from now we need to do something, then we will. I, I think Jameis is young enough. I just don't like the Saints taking a, a quarterback in this draft, especially in such a, a weak class. And, and round two, they have so many other needs that they can fill and be a contender right now. Like you get a left tackle in the first round, you go get another receiver alongside Michael Thomas. Are we not talking about the Saints as one of the better teams in a weaker NFC? Because I think we are. I I don't like Sam coach. Howell because of the Baker Mayfield comparison. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I, I can give you a plain and simple. I, I don't like it because the Baker Mayfield comparison. That's really, that's really what it is. But Aaron, or Dill, do you have any any defense to this after after that, or do you? Okay. I'm a believer in Sam Howell. I'm willing to come back and look at this episode and say if he goes to if he goes to New Orleans, no matter the round, if he does fall and they do take a stab at him, I think he can succeed in New Orleans. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, but Aaron, you did say one thing that. You put another receiver next to Michael Thomas, and maybe we're talking differently about the New Orleans Saints this year. Who do you have the Saints going with? Yeah, I have them. I haven't taken a couple of receivers in this draft. Um, I decided to go a little bit deeper, not the first round. Um, I do have them taking a receiver with one of those picks in the first round. But for me, it's it's a guy in the third round. It's Kevin Austin out of Dylan's team, Notre Dame. Kevin Austin. This guy is a quality deep threat. He has really good speed. He can track the ball. Um, he, he flashed some ability to kind of use his hands and get off of press coverage, and he can locate the ball well on deep balls. And I think this is a perfect kind of compliment. They have a Traquan Smith there, and, you know, he's been up and down. This is a good compliment to a Michael Thomas. He's, um, he's willing to block, which I believe New Orleans is going to want to run the football with Ingram and Kamara, um, and he can play everywhere. So he's been also isolated on the outside. He's played on the inside. Um, I think he can do some things. They're going to be, obviously they're still going to be a work in progress when you're a wide receiver. That's raw coming into the NFL. Um, he needs to be a better route runner. He can't get open all the time because of his routes. They're kind of lazy at times, but 
but I think he can, I think he can be that compliment on the other side of Michael Thomas and make some big plays for an offense that hasn't really seen a number two receiver in a really long time. Can't say much uh, negative about that pick. One, because I don't have much negative to say about the pick. And two, I also like the idea of a wide receiver in the third round. Uh, we've talked about them possibly taking a receiver in the first round. I think that'd be a great idea for them to go ahead and get a stud guy like that. We know they need help. We know they need some weapons. Um, so I also picked the receiver. And uh, this guy I love. Let's see if uh, Aaron uh, updated the B-roll or if he just phoned it in. I'm going with Khalil Shakir out of <laughs> Boise State. Uh, this you calling me out <laughs> nah nah it's all love it's all love just like I love this guy Khalil Shakir uh this guy is talented uh this one he he is a definition of go up and get it and for a guy like James Winston who eventually they're going to allow to do what he does best in most cases and throw that long ball anywhere that ball is this guy is going to go up and get it he's a little bit smaller but he plays so big as you can see he doesn't shy away from contact he catches passes that have no business being caught and it always seems like he is downfield wide open behind the secondary i mentioned with garrett wilson we were talking on last friday with the top 10 receivers i watched 10 minutes of highlight with garrett wilson and it seemed like every play he was in the end zone i felt just the same way about this guy go and check and i'll do my best to get some of the beer i'm talking about for the draft Go and check some of the catches that this guy has made. It will blow your mind. He was the reason I had so much fun watching these receivers on Friday. And uh, he's the reason that I think a lot of people will be excited once he gets in the NFL. If you can play receiver, you can play receiver. And he's the definition of that for me. Yeah. He said he's a Swiss army knife. Um, I, 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 I do like him a lot. Um, there's no way he's lasting until the third round pick 98. Um, but yeah, so I mean, maybe they maybe they use their second rounder and take instead of taking Sam Howell, they, they go get Khalil <laughs> Shakir instead. Uh, I don't think there's a way in hell he Clown lasts shoes, that long bro. To, to pick ninety eight. Uh, the more I've watched the receivers, the more I've watched him. Uh, I do think he's kind of that middle of the second round guy. Uh, he, he's he's definitely a playmaker, and he can put them all over the field. And I think again that complements to what kind of New Orleans needs somebody that can go in the slot, go play outside, and doesn't have to be. That they can make big plays and they don't have to rely so much on Michael Thomas, you know, slant over the middle 12 yards, slant over the middle 12 yards. Yeah. They miss those explosive plays when they had a Ted Ginn. Uh, I mean, we can go back to the days of Robert Meacham's, you know, they've always had this Ooh, like speedster playmaker on the outside that Drew Brees used to throw in and tell him to go get it. And that fits Jameis Winston as well. Right. Jameis. Okay. We could throw some slants to Michael Thomas, but he wants to push the ball down the field. I think with a guy like Khalil Shakir or even a Kevin Austin, you can get that done. So I definitely think wide receiver heavy for the Saints this year's draft. You know I, I want to mention a point on Kevin Austin. I watched him play at the University of Notre Dame. Um, God, that guy was hyped for so long. And thank God he finally broke out last year because I was ready to scream. I mean, the last the two years before that were ugly. He finally got that breakout shot that he did, similar to Equinemius St. Brown, who's now in the NFL. Um, took him a while. That final year finally got it uh, very hyped coming in. But Kevin Austin fits the bill. Um, great physical guy as well. I think he could really run over some corners in this league. I like that pick that you made there, Aaron. I think what it really came down to was you heard me talk on Monday's show about the Jags going for Justin Ross and having this connection with the quarterbacks, the college connection. You got Ian book and Kevin Austin. That's what you were really no, you're for. funny. Uh, I just, yeah. I appreciate Kyron Williams. Yeah. I appreciate you taking hey. my, my, my words here. I did. It's good. It's good. We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed. 
Disease in Remission, Stories Rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. All right. AJ, it's your time, buddy. It's your time to shine. We're talking the Atlanta Falcons here. They need a wide receiver. They need an edge rusher. They need an offensive line. They need Jesus. They they need Jesus. (laughs) They have the eighth pick. Maybe they can draft Jesus Christ out of heaven university with the eighth pick overall, (laughs) or maybe not. AJ, who do they need? We're we're starting off with you, buddy. I don't care where it is in this draft. You have to start this because it's your Atlanta Falcons. Who do they have to draft this year? Debo Samuel. All right. So uh, I, uh, you know, the conversation around the number one pick, uh, the round one pick, pick eight with Garrett Wilson has been at nauseum. So I decided to skip over that. Uh, there's a very good chance that's who it is. Um, but I like the idea. Everyone's wanting them to get a QB and I understand it, but I like the idea of getting this team set up one way or another, grabbing some weapons to help Mario to now. And if we, once we get our guy in the next year or the year after, wherever it may be, uh, he's got some weapons to help do him justice. One of those weapons comes from the running game. The arguable best running back in this draft, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. I love this guy. Led all the college football last year with 89 broken tackles on the season. Uh, 20 in one game. 20 broken tackles in one game. That's insane. He is great bouncing to the outside. You would imagine he could have done this in the SEC. He's great finding the hole at the middle. And once he gets by, he has got breakaway speed. Look at him shoot out like a cannon once he gets through that hole. Stud of a player. Great vision. He's compactful. He's powerful to handle the workload. The issue with him, and I'm okay with this to start because I don't want to run him into the ground the very first year. He is not about pass protection yet. That is one thing that he definitely needs to step his game up in and be willing to do. Even just show that you are willing to learn to be a pass protector because as we know, unless they spend all of their first three or four picks on an offensive line, Marcus Mariota is going to be running for his life without a lot of help. Uh, But I still believe in getting this weapon, locking down a solid running game with him and Cordero Patterson. Mike Davis ain't it. Uh, And then we'll worry about that line and that defense as we get into the later rounds of the draft. Kenneth Walker, round two, pick 43. Seven, eight. 12, three. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's a good pick. We talked about him a little bit on Monday as and Aaron even brought up that during the season, he said that he was arguably the best player in the nation. Uh, Bailey in the comments saying that he could have won the Heisman. That's a bit of a stretch, but he was definitely a very special talent this past year uh, in college football. But AJ, you, you kind of, you kind of, I see what you did there when you, uh, at the beginning, you said, you're not going to go with Garrett Wilson at number eight. It's already been there, been there, talked about whatever it's beaten down, whatever. Well, guess who I'm going with at number eight? (laughs) I'm going with Garrett Wilson. I'm taking the low-hanging fruit here because this is another one similar to what I did with the Lions pick at number two. Falcons don't overthink this. If Garrett Wilson is there, do not overthink this pick. He is the arguably the best wide receiver in this draft. I saw this compare this this uh, quote from somebody uh, from a scout. He said, "Track star speed, basketball hops." What kind of wide receiver? Why, why would anyone want to pass on a wide receiver that is as special as that? He's been the best receiver in college football uh, against man coverage. That uh, that really jumps out to me a lot because he's going to be facing a lot of that in the pros. I mean, this guy is the best everywhere slot outside back to back 80 plus grade 80 plus grades from PFF uh, the past two years. Nothing more can be said about Garrett Wilson, but Atlanta don't mess this up. This is your chance here. Do not mess this up. Get do the right thing 
and take Garrett Wilson with the eighth pick overall. I like that, Vinny. I do. I really like that pick eighth overall. That's not the only receiver they need to take. I mean, they, that room is trash. Let me look at it right now. Auden Tate, uh, it sounds like something from your IRS. <laughs> Demirier Bird, Zacchaeus, Hodge, like that's sick. That is disgusting. They need another one. So let me go ahead and look to the third round, pick 74, and mix in some Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert, number 10 of my top 10 wide receivers of this class. I mean, this guy's a monster. South Alabama, what more can you say? Sure, he struggles with drops from time to time, but this guy is just silky smooth. He's got a little shimmy shimmy to him. And, you know, look at his stats last year, 1,474 yards. I mean, at South Alabama, that's pretty darn impressive. He had 1,000 yards the year before. This dude had 700-plus yard games, an absolute monster, and he can be a great wide receiver. You can get him in round three. That would be amazing. It'd be an absolute home run, especially if you get Garrett Wilson earlier. You got two solid receivers. Tolbert, he's kind of my sleeper this year. The way that I felt towards Josh Palmer last year, curious to see how that one plays out. But, you know, um, Tolbert, I really like him a lot. This guy is very good. I think he comes into that system. He hung up 143 yards on Tennessee last year. It's an SEC school. Uh, you guys, you guys covered it, man. Naming all the weapons. I agree with Dylan 1000%. You cannot go into the start of the season with Alameda Zacchaeus and uh, Demir bird. And those guys as your starters, I think Garrett Wilson's a lock um, at number eight. I also think they take some weapons later in the draft. Um, I do agree with you also, AJ Kenneth Walker in the second round, but I think it's their second pick there. I do think they get their quarterback with their first pick for me. This is when we get to the later part of the draft. Atlanta's got their offensive weapons. They've kind of rebuilt that side. I'm looking for their defense, a defense that lost their, um, a little con. They, they, they're going to need some help at the linebacker position. And if I can find them in here, it's Darian Beavers, Darian Beavers from Cincinnati. He's again, we're talking about one of the better defenses in, in college football last year. He has a very, very good football IQ. He's able to identify play concepts and get to the ball quickly. Um, He's 252 pounds and he plays with all of it. He is physical. He has really long arms. And again, he's just a guy that will shed blocks, make tackles and make plays on the defensive side of the football. And when you don't have anybody on defense outside of maybe an AJ Terrell, that's what you're looking for. A guy to come on defense and make an actual play. Um, This is the guy who he's just physical. And when you, when you're looking for a, a somebody to kind of put a stamp and be a leader on that defense, I think you can do that with him. He's played some big-time schools, uh, being in the college football playoffs last year, so he has that experience. Go get some Darian Beavers. I have him going. Uh, let see where I have him going. Fourth round. So fourth round, I'll pick 114. Um, again, these middle rounds, you're looking for value. If you can get a guy like this in the fourth round, you make that happen, and he can kind of be the center focal point of your defense uh, going forward. I will Big still hold out the pipe dream for Dennis Ritter to fall to 43. And then I'll agree for with who? that. Uh, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I told you that's what I have. Yeah, I had him. Except, do, I, no, have, had I, except I have Matt Corral. Right, that's so, what I'm saying. So, so the quarterback, you, Atlanta's taken at 43. Kenneth Walker will come and take that second uh, offensive spot. I think it's pick whatever that uh, second, second round pick. Do you think that... that and that's where I was going to go. Do you think Kenneth Walker can last a 58? Let me tell I mean, you something. I, the running backs in this draft are going to fall. I seriously have a feeling. You're going to go Brees Hall. You're going to go Kenneth Walker, like second round. After that, there's yeah, that I agree with. 
But these two guys was are it? clear and cut to me. But, but if you're these teams, what team is going to go up and get one? Like, what team every, is actually going to – Every, every year. Every year we say the running backs are going to fall. Every year some team reaches for them early. It never fails. Not, not was every year. The, the best guys was, are going to be at the beginning of the second round. What was the what was it last year? I mean, you saw ETN and you saw Harris go in the in the in the twenties, but then after that, what what I don't. But those guys were projected to go in the first round, right? Yeah, we're talking about like we're already. That's it. And that's what I'm saying. There wasn't really a big time run on running backs after that. I mean, I don't I I don't recall if someone wants to look that up. Michael Carter, yeah. Yeah. So though, but but those that's what I'm saying. Those guys had a lot of hype coming out of college. The only guys really having hype coming out right now are Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. And I have both of them going first round mid or early to mid first or second round. After that, there's not a lot of people. I don't see teams moving up to get running backs this year, because if you look at every team's situation, it's pretty good. There, there are very few teams that don't have a running back in a good situation right now that they feel or don't have another need to, to go and get first. And I think that's going to play a part. I think Houston gets theirs with Brees Hall. And then outside of that, Buffalo, maybe like they're talking because they don't have a lot of needs. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But outside of that, I don't see a whole lot. And, um, and obviously Atlanta being Mike Davis can't play football anymore. They can use them on third down. I think new Orleans is a need. Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson and Kenneth Walker. That's there. That new Orleans possibly does have a need at running back, but you can't use it. You have Alvin Kamara. Yeah, right now, I mean, you never they you got to figure out this core hearing. But beyond yes, but him, I mean, you they got Mark Ingram still, and then Alvin Kamara. You cannot that one too, yeah. But Ingram's you cannot so go old. into a season or into a draft with other significant needs that the Saints have and say we have to go and get a running back in round two because we're worried about Alvin. Take one in the fourth, fifth round where they got Alvin Kamara, which was the fourth round, and then say, or yeah, wait till the fourth, take James Cook, and you got the same thing. That's Alvin Kamara two point mm-hmm. same guy. I love me some James Cook. You know, I love me some James Cook. Last year, Javante Williams went 35 overall. Trey Sermon went 88. And then Michael Carter Carter in the fourth round at like uh, 104. So between 35 and 88. So four running backs within the, through the first four rounds. Five total, five total once you get to Michael Carter in the fourth round. But like Javante at three and then it was quiet until like pick 90. So yeah. pick eighty eight. So yeah, I think AJ, it's going to gonna be worse this year. What, what do you be? You be happy with the, with those selections? Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Jalen Tolbert, and the Beef. Yeah, that's a yeah, good. That's yeah. a good start to build. I mean, that's the thing. Unless you do one thing, one player, or one one position all the way through the draft, you can't really mess this up. You need yeah. just about everything. Now, I, I would want to slot an offensive lineman in there somewhere, but if if you, I don't think you should reach on one because we clearly aren't developing these guys at the speed we need to. So, if you can get playmakers again to make the rest of the team around you, Joe Burrow can figure it out. Marcus Mariota can do something. He was a Heisman <laughs> winner once upon a time. It was a second Joe Burrow can figure it out. Marcus Mariota can do something. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do have him addressing the line uh, in the third round. I have him taking an O lineman and a D lineman in the third round. Um, they go heavy yeah. offense, weapons, offensive line, defensive line. Then they get Darian Beavers in the fourth. And um, I, I do. I think that's a good little start to building their self back up because we know it's going to take time. Yeah, hopefully, like we can the, pay I, these rookies. We couldn't last year. <laughs> I like. I like the. Broke I like the beam. 
I like the beef in the fourth. I like that pick. Uh, let's finish this off here and let's go with the Carolina Panthers. They need a quarterback, a tackle, a guard. They hold the sixth pick in the draft and then they don't pick again till 137. This is quite possibly one of the most talked about teams uh, in this pre draft process because what are they going to do with the number six pick? Are they going to take a quarterback? Are they going to go elsewhere? AJ, you and I are the only two that have them address. You and you and I are the only two that went first round here and we went two different positions. So AJ, let's start off with you because you have the more interesting uh, pick out of, out of the both of us. So take it away. So remember earlier, I did say that there was some picks that I would talk about that are could be should be. And I'm going with the route there for these Carolina Panthers. And it's one of the most talked about conversations. They pick as Vinny just said at six, and then not again for 137 uh, out there in Sac City land. Raise your hand if Sam Darnold is the answer. Exactly. I wouldn't think you were going to raise your hand. Uh, so I'm having them take a quarterback here, and it's going to be the only quarterback I think should go in the top 10, and that would be Malik Willis. Malik Willis out of Liberty. The upside is amazing. Some of the best times that Carolina had, and granted it was a different organization up top, was when they had a dual-threat quarterback like Cam Newton. Well, Malik Willis is kind of like that style with the much more with much more upside, in my opinion. He's got the strong arm. He's got the legs. He's got the – this guy had 146 career broken tackles as a QB. Think about that, 146 career broken tackles. His footwork has improved a lot. Uh, he, he's got some issues in the middle of the field when he's throwing, and that's something that can be worked on, but his deep ball is beautiful. You can drop that thing in a bucket time and time and time again. Malik Willis has been talked about a lot, and I believe that I believe that if Matt Rule is thinking that I need to save this job, he at least has to put some pressure under Sam Donald, who Ben McAdoof has said is already the starter. But it has to be clear and cut that there's no other option to me. Uh, I think that QB6, you can go out and get a Malik Willis and take a shot or you can wait until 137 where you're planning to be trash this year and hope to be right here again next season with a new head coach. Yeah, with the fact that they don't pick again till 137, it is really hard for for them to to get any type of quarterback after this. So I understand uh, the Malik Willis pick here, uh, but I'm not sold on any of these guys coming in and really being a day one starter. Malik Willis could be a guy who comes in and is a great talent uh, after it all, but I think they need to build on the, that offensive line and they got to go tackle. And I love this guy a lot. Charles Cross, Mississippi State. At one point, this guy was the the top offensive lineman in this draft. This this guy at one point was supposed to be the first offensive lineman off the board. He is a special guy. And the thing I love the most about him is he is an excellent pass blocker. 16 pressures last year on 145 plus blocking snaps. This guy, pass blocking snaps, I should say. He's got great feet. He's got great awareness. He's got great hands. This guy is arguing Icky, Cross, Neal, it, it, you're splitting hairs with, with them. And I think that a lot of buzz around Icky and Evan Neal, those guys go before and Carolina has Charles cross fall right in their lap. I think it's the perfect way to do it, to build around him. If you struggle this year, you're going to be able to pick high next year with a better quarterback class. And now you have your anchor on the offensive line with Charles cross. Yeah. You're to me, this is, this is not about whether Carolina should go and get a quarterback. We all know Carolina needs a quarterback. Um, it, this is really about the lack of picks that they have and ability to move around. Bringing in Malik Willis is nice. 
but not having a tackle to protect them is, is going to be tough. Right. And, and you might destroy them if you have to play them. And if you're not, then you're just putting them on the bench and you don't even have an impact player this year to develop. So um, I, I look at Carolina and I just say, look, the easiest answer for Carolina to be, if you want to save Matt rules job is go draft Charles cross or Ika McQuano or who, whichever tackle is there. Yeah. And then you trade for Baker Mayfield and, and, and it's sad and you don't, you might not want to, but you make the Browns eat some of that money and you go trade for Baker Mayfield. And then you let Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold duke it out for whoever's going to start this year. Kind of like number one overall. Them, both of them are good enough to win football games. And I'm not saying they're going to win a lot, but both of them are, are, are going to be able to make Carolina at least. They won't go to the playoffs. They'll have another early pick next year. And that's when you move around and you go get your franchise quarterback with neither one of these guys on the books. So yes, you'll eat Baker Mayfield for the one year. You'll eat Sam Darnold, which you've already kind of committed to. But you have, they have been struggling to find a tackle for years. They need to go out and get an offensive line and somebody that's a staple in their organization. Because when you don't pick again and tell pick, you know, 10,000, you don't have any wiggle room. You have no trade assets unless you're giving up future first round picks to come back and take a quarterback in this draft class. I don't buy it. Um, I think it needs to be Charles Cross, Ick McQuano, or Evan Neal, whichever tackle is there unless you want to go crazy and you want to trade back and get more picks and then maybe get one of those quarterbacks and a tackle like a Trevor Penning or somebody like that. Maybe you can make that work. I don't know. Um, but right now to me, it, it's gotta be an offensive tackle. You, you said a few things I love. Um, I, first off, if they get a Charles Cross, I'm not mad. Uh, but when it comes to Baker Mayfield, like uh, Robbie Anderson tweeted out, no, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's not your future. I know. Stop I know. I understand. I understand. Listen, I do like, I also like the idea of them trading back. My thing is when it comes to this draft process, we all want to be right. We all understand we'll probably be wrong. So the best options that you have are thinking about what you are hearing. And for us, we are one level at least connected from what the experts are hearing. And the thought process is the, the New Orleans Saints have teetered with the idea of trading up to five because Malik Willis is a projected target at six. What if the, if the Panthers can make that trade and let someone get them at six and then trade back. I do like that idea. But if you were thinking, I, I just wouldn't hate the idea. Look at what they did with Trey Lance, the number three overall pick. You know, they sat him behind someone. If you allow at the number six him to at least come in and compete, I bet he would be better than the last quarterback taken at six overall, Daniel Jones. Uh, so I'm pretty sure if that look what happens happened to Daniel game, Jones. Like, that's the problem. The New York didn't tackle. have an offensive line. They right. couldn't block for him, and 100%. it might have ruined him. But I'm talking about the competition, at least coming in and competing. If he can prove that he can do it, then, then let's go. But if he comes in and he's not, now you've done enough things that you can you don't have to focus that way next season either. I also think the 49ers example is different because they already had a built team. Like yeah. Carolina does it. Like their offensive line's bad. They could use some help on the outside. They still need help on defense. Like they still have a lot of holes. Matt Rule would be doing that pick to save his job. That's that's all that pick would be to me is I have to be a quarterback because now it buys me a couple of years. And to me, that's bad business. If you're a team and you're a general manager, I'm taking – I'm going to try to develop my team for two to three years. Say this is the best path versus just say, let's take a quarterback. because We know he gets two to three years to try out. 
I, I like I like that the note you brought up about just having the fact that you draft you draft Willis, you don't have anyone pr- to protect him at that left tackle spot. And it's like you're just ruining his his future here. Obviously, he, you're basically throwing away his first year and then hoping for the best next year and then moving on. But you're just wasting it away uh, this year. Good chatter for that first uh, that first round selection for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Aaron and Dylan, you two went balls deep on this one in the fourth round. <laughs> where the next, where the next Carolina Panthers uh, <laughs> pick is at pick one thirty-seven in the fourth. Uh, Dylan, we'll start off with you. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the offense, um, Vinny. I'll tease my mock is coming out tomorrow. Charles Cross at six is where I went. So just to keep it a little bit more spicy, I went to the fourth round um, for the next selection for the Carolina Panthers, and they need a middle linebacker. Maybe they don't need need. Well, let's go to the fourth round for it and get some JoJo. JoJo, doe man. Not making first round money, but look at him. This guy is just a fierce competitor, um, just a hard-hitting middle linebacker out of Nebraska. I mean, what more can you say about this guy? He's just extremely tough. He plays his ass off. I mean, he posted nine tackles uh, and, and had an interception against Ohio State this year, right? I mean, that's pretty tough competition. He went nuts against the Buckeyes and he did that all while battling injury. He's just a fierce guy. You can shove in the middle and you ain't got to worry about it. I mean, you you have a couple pieces there and Damian Wilson and Corey Littleton, but still trying to replace uh, what Luke Keekley brought to that team, which was a physical middle linebacker. I love me some Jojo Doman to Carolina. And uh, I think give him a little bit of time, sit behind those guys, or maybe he'll play his ass off through training camp to where they give him a shot early. I like this kid and I like him to Carolina. Uh, Jojo Doman can never play middle linebacker. He's too small. However, um, he probably actually is going to end up playing a hybrid. He's going to play a little hybrid role of corner of nickel guy and and linebacker. He's really undersized, but he is athletic and I do like him. Um, But I don't know about him being a a middle linebacker in the NFL. Uh, For me, this one was easy. Uh, We talked about offensive line. So my goal for Carolina this year is to build an offensive line so that next year when I get my quarterback can actually be protected. So I went deep. Um, Got to find him. It's so deep. I went Josh Seals from, uh, from, from Oklahoma state. Sorry, Josh Seals from Oklahoma state. Again, this is a guy that's not going to come in right away and be some great offensive lineman. Uh, this might even be a little bit too early for a guy like this, but he's really strong and he's a really good run blocker. You give somebody for Christian McCaffrey to run behind. Um, he can get off the line of scrimmage really well. He plays. Um, he's really, really smart, which, you know, offensive lineman, you want a smart offensive lineman knows how to pick up blitzes, things like that. Um, again, big athlete, good bulk, but he's going to have to develop. And this is one of those guys, you add some more depth on the offensive line to a team that hasn't had a real good offensive line in a really long time. Uh, it's pretty simple for me. Beef the offensive line up this year, find those key pieces you need on defense, on the outside, and then you come back next year and you get your franchise quarterback either via trade or you know, free agency or through the draft. And there's a lot of quarterback options still out there. They could go get Jimmy G they really want to if they really want to do that right get charles cross and then put jimmy garoppolo behind him and he's not great but he's proven to win call me me carolina that he would be the he would be their best option i think carolina is a i don't want to say a playoff team with jimmy g but the nfc is weak so they'd be battling for a playoff spot with jimmy g i feel like but uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, what do I know? Apparently Charles cross is absolute trash. Uh, apparently to Joey B. Uh, <laughs> what? Y- yeah. Yeah. I, I just horrible pick when I, when I brought up, uh, 
Charles Cross, but I digress. That does it for another episode of the Sac City <laughs> Podcast. We'll be back again on Friday live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter to discuss busts, to discuss Sleeper, to discuss Debo, and so much more on another Fun and Games Friday. For your boy, AJ Johnson, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns, I am me. We will see you Friday. Peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And 